Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Passion for Passions. I'm Marcus, and I'm here to chat all about passions. So the episodes covered this week are 241 through 245. I think in my last episode, I kind of misstated the episodes, though the title should be correct, um, because I wasn't sure. But anyway, this is definitely episodes 241 through 245. So, you know, pretty simple start. So uh, things that I was wondering at the beginning of these episodes were, I had a couple questions. Are Ethan and Teresa gonna have a spark at the honeymoon cabin in, um, you know, on their little trip to supposedly check it out for Ethan and Gwen? Another question I had, what's gonna happen with Sheridan's drama? Is she gonna be assassinated at the cabin? I assume not, but what's the end result gonna be there? Um, Are Eve or Chad gonna learn more about their potential connection? That was something else I wanted to know. And, uh, we, you know, got, uh, some stuff happened, but I'm not going to say any of those had answers because things are still ongoing in this, you know, short span of episodes. The first episode kicked off really amusingly to me because Ivy just blurts out to someone, I need a bunch of cocaine. And I was like, whoa, what are you doing, Ivy? What, what goal are you trying to do? But anyway... That spurred because of, again, Eve. You know, she's got so many secrets. Um, Ever since Crystal died, now the two police officers in Harmony, of course, uh, Sam and Luis, are determined to find out more about her, to look into her past, see if there are any connections to people in Harmony, for whatever reason. Um, And on that computer, what shows up but a picture of Eve, of course, like from way back when, 20 years ago, let's say, uh, when she was, you know, I don't know, arrested for something. And so we're like, okay, Eve knows this and she doesn't want anyone else to see this, you know, mugshot of her. Because that would mean she has a connection and they would start looking into her life. So she freaks out and fortunately they are able to make sure that nobody sees that information. Her and Ivy really, um, when everyone's deciding to print out the paperwork from the computer, you know, they rustle that paper away before anyone can see it and no one else looks on the computer to check um that that printer is so fast that's like a fancy business laser printer because it's just like stuff just comes out color ink is right it was pretty impressive especially consider this is what the year 2000 2001 i guess it's 2000 still so that's an amazing printer that must have been so expensive anyway that's all going on and nothing was really found out, except for the fact that the cocaine is planted in Crystal's stuff. So they think, oh my god, this was a drug, you know, a drug hit. Um, but that all goes away because Whitney's leaving, and there's this dramatic moment where a bunch of construction stuff that was kind of like suspended in air falls, just as Whitney's walking under it. And Chad is there, so he saves her, but he gets crushed by the falling debris. And that was very dramatic. I'm like, oh my god, is he even alive right now? You know, who could say? Um, he does make it. He has a very weak pulse. But Ivy manages to, you know, help him, not just then in that moment, but also later when they're all in the hospital. There's a code blue, which I guess means that his heart has stopped beating, and they save him again. Eve is impressive as, like, the lead doctor of this clinic who can do pretty much anything. Um, she saves Chad. So maybe Chad, you know gonna owe her something or think something about her differently than he did before i don't know but yeah she saves him so that's where we're at there chad is in the hospital the next few hours are critical 
but it looks like he might make it. So that's good, at least. So that's that story. That's really all that happened there. Um, nothing really else happened except for Ivy, you know, being very indiscreet with her interest in Sam and, you know, still trying to push Eve really hard on this whole blackmail thing, despite the fact that she clearly has a lot going on in her life. Ivy, could you please step back for a minute? So, yeah, that's all going on. The other big thing, well, not the biggest, I'd say that to me the middle next thing is Sheridan going on, where the assassin has come to follow her up to this cabin, and he makes his way in there because she's like, I don't need to, I don't need to lock the door, no one's here. Um, he probably could have came in anyway, but he gets in regardless, and he, you know, she runs into him, and he's very threatening, and he basically is also a freak, as we already know, because he was trying to like watch her before killing her, uh, when she was just like, oh, you know, gonna lounge out uh, in her bathing suit, that he decides he's going to basically rape her before he kills her. So Sheridan is rightly incredibly freaked out for many reasons and, you know, fights back, does decently. She even gets a gun at some point, but unfortunately it's wrestled away from her before she can use it. Um, so it's still a bad time, but as that's happening, you know, she, she does get away a bit and they end up, her and the assassin, I can't remember his name, they end up wrestling with a gun. Extremely dramatic. We don't uh, know what's going on, but Luis manages to find out that she is alone and that he's worried for her safety because she is truly alone, the life of the lifeguard. The guy who's meant to take care of her is not there. So he and Sam rush up in a helicopter. Harmony PD has a helicopter, so that's good. Um, but they can't land because of hurricane force winds i suppose i think is what they say it is so what happens Luis decides to parachute out of the helicopter and i was like whoa buddy you're doing that at night in high winds that's on like to land on a mountain that is ridiculous fortunately nothing happens to him we don't get to see it though i would have loved to see him do it um you don't see him floating in the air no we just see him when he lands um and, you know, runs, and he hears a, a gunshot. So he runs to the cabin. He sees Sheridan's legs on the ground behind a couch, and he's like, oh, my God, and he's so freaked out. And she's got blood on her chest, but it turns out it's not her blood. She's totally fine. But it was the other guy. They did, you know, when they were wrestling for the gun, it goes off and shoots him. So she's totally okay. Um, Luis and Sheridan have a bit of a moment, kind of, um, before they hear groaning of the bad guy who's hanging out still, because he's not dead. Of course, he's not dead. He just got shot, <laughs> but he's fine, apparently. Um, so, Elise ties him up, and they get on out of there. Um, and the other police people come from a different district or what have you. Uh, they're there. You know, the main cop there is basically like everyone else has been saying, oh, you two are in love, aren't you? And they're always like, no, no, no. So either way, that happens. And Sheridan is being very stubborn. Luis is being very stubborn and saying, you know, basically calling Sheridan an idiot, uh, which he needs to learn how to speak in a way that is not constantly insulting Sheridan. But either way, yes, so they're having that going on. And where it left, leaves off is that it starts raining, and Luis is like, come on, I'll take you back. She's like, no, I'll just stay here and get my own car. Mm. But Luis has not left yet. So he, you know, they still may leave together. So there's that whole plot. The biggest thing to me, because it's my favorite, 
is the whole thing with Teresa and Ethan who are on the honeymoon well not they're not on a honeymoon but they're researching the honeymoon destination I guess so that's what they're doing there's a really fun montage where Teresa you know tries on a bunch of different outfits in this you know shop um because it turns out they're gonna need to spend the night because of course these winds like were mentioned so I guess this isn't out of nowhere it was just so stormy they can't get back to Harmony so yeah that's happening and they decide they'll have to stay the night and uh, I thought it was fun because you see Ethan is very much you know worried that something will happen if he just stays here with Teresa and he doesn't want to you know cause trouble he doesn't want to hurt Gwen he doesn't want to hurt anyone obviously so that is his internal drama but Teresa is still hopeful still hoping for fate you know everything is gonna go her way right um and that's what he's you know betting on internally um but we see here that at some point in the fashion montage when ethan is taking pictures of her and it's so funny because before that he'd been been taking pictures of like the resort the hotel room you know the views to show to gwen of course and i'm thinking it's so funny if he's gonna go back home and show these to gwen that she's going to start going through the pictures and be like, oh, that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then there's like 50 pictures of Teresa after that. I would raise an eyebrow a bit, maybe. But either way, they have a lot of fun together. But Ethan, he's afraid of, you know, being too close to her because he knows he's got some sort of weird feelings for her. So when it's time for the fancy dinner, he says, no, I need to do all my work. Uh, and Teresa's upset, of course. But she's like, okay, well, I'm still going to enjoy this, even if it's alone. So she does go to the dinner by herself. And something that the shopkeeper did, basically, to Ethan to try to, you know, maybe prod him into going to dinner, actually, was her savagely saying, you know, there's a lot of guys who, who go here and try to find women. So that is probably going to happen to her because she's all alone and she's beautiful. So because of that, Ethan determines, okay, I'm going to go have dinner with her after all. So he does. He goes, and they have, of course, again, another nice time, except that she's very emotional because she sees that Ethan is still rejecting his feelings for her. He's still talking about Gwen. And there's a very embarrassing thing that happens when they're all together um, and dancing, or I think they're dancing, um, that they get a spotlight shown on them, and the place is like, we've just found, like, our most romantic couple. And I was thinking to myself, why does everything in the whole world in this show apparently always have like a secret contest that's going on to judge who's the most perfect or the most beautiful or the most romantic people? Like, stop. What is that? That doesn't happen. Either way, the embarrassing thing is Ethan is like, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not a couple. We're just friends or whatever. Um, and then like takes her away out of the spotlight. And I was like, why didn't you just pretend? Like, I don't get it. Like, to me, I don't I don't care if it's, you know, you're like, oh, we're not a couple. Why not just, you know, smile and wave and let everyone, you know, smile at you? Why? I guess, I guess it hits him differently because now, as opposed to the, what is it, the most perfect couple contest, now he has those, he realizes he has feelings for her and therefore this, like, kind of upsets him to be pegged as a couple with Teresa. So he's like, oh, no, 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 no. He's kind of trying to reject it for himself as much as he was rejecting it outwardly for the show or whatever that was that was going on at the dinner. 
So yeah, he he doesn't like that. So he you know shoes it off basically. And then they go back to of course the rooms, and Teresa hmm savily i'm not sure she's she tries to get him to come and she's like do you want to see the honeymoon suite in the this in the moonlight and he's like no <laughs> um i don't know if Teresa realizes fully what she was trying to do there but ethan certainly realized for himself he should not be alone in this beautiful room with her and at night so he's like no he shuts it down he goes to his room to try to work but he cannot work Teresa is on the laptop and she's just writing her diary it seems like uh which she should not be doing on business property uh but whatever on her Ethan thought text file you know who knows what it is called but anyway um I love the big laptops uh of course that's of the era certainly it just reminded me of a laptop that my mom brought home from work once which was very similar in size different color but very similar in size you know like I don't know what is that is what is that two inches thick I'm not sure but you know they're big um either way oh my god the funniest thing when Ethan is trying to work and they show like a close-up of his screen like his word document or whatever it just says Teresa 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 and I'm like oh my god this is so funny this is so stupid uh, I can't imagine that uh, but that was so good. I love that so much. It was like a beautiful moment of hilarity to me. Maybe it's supposed to be dramatic or revealing of his mindset, but for me, it was just like funny. I had a good laugh about it. So anyway, eating can't sleep. So he just goes, you know, walks out in his underwear onto the balcony. And I think the rooms are co like connected. So um, he's just there. Teresa's in the next room. I think he even like peeps in on her, which is creepy. But, you know, fine. Um, and then it led into something that I thought I was like so confused. I was like, is this really happening right now? Which is where Ethan walks into the room and, you know, he says that he, he proclaims his love for Teresa and they start like making out in the bed. And again, I got fooled. Okay. I, well, I wasn't hundred percent fooled. I was like, is this real? Is this a dream? Is this real? Is this, I was like, which, which is it? Passions. Tell me which is, which is what this is. Um, it turned out to be a dream, of course, but, uh, you know, I can't be helped. So Teresa does wake up because of that dream. She's like, ooh, that was so perfect, beautiful dream. I love it. Uh, you know, so she goes out because she can't sleep anymore. And what happens? She runs in the evening because he's just sitting there, st well, standing there in his underwear. Um, they talk a bit. And Ethan, you know, once again is like, oh, you're dreaming of that guy you love, you know, um, Chuck. And Teresa doesn't, you know, say anything, but she's like, yes, I was dreaming about the guy I love. And so Ethan, once again, he's like, you know, he's going to kick himself. You're so perfect. How could he turn away from you? Blah, blah, blah. Same thing he always says. Teresa's like, okay. And then she goes back into her room to go to bed. And then things get really weird when it's like Julian is coming to this place too because he's there to meet his, some girl. Um, maybe the ex-maid, I think. Um... So he's there to meet her. He asked the guy in the front desk, like, which room is she in? And he's like, oh, well, probably the honeymoon suite because it was paid by a Crane credit card. So he's like, yes. Of course, we, the viewer, know that that is Ethan Crane, specifically not Julian Crane. So scary. I was like, what's going to happen here? I don't want anything weird to happen. But of course, something weird does happen, which is that Julian goes into uh, Teresa's room and... He is dressed like a pirate, 
because he loves role play. <laughs> and so he goes into the room and he goes to lay down next to the woman who is facing away from him in bed. She turns over and reveals that it is Teresa and he freaks out, which makes sense. This is not who he's expecting to see. He was expecting to see the lady. Instead, he sees Teresa. So he like practically jumps out of bed and is, you know, flabbergasted, scared and sorry. But what happens next is Teresa's still asleep or sem- uh, potentially semi-conscious, but not really because because she's been having these Ethan dreams. She's still kind of in the midst of one and believes that the person in her bed is Ethan, of course. So she sleep talks, uh, basically, you know, you know, come back. Where are you going? You know, stay with me type of things. So he's like, whoa, uh, if that's what you really want. And so, of course, Julian gets back into bed with Teresa. And he's like kissing her arm or whatever. And she's still sleep talking. She even opens her eyes a little bit. But because she's, I guess, still sleepy or dreamy, she's seeing Ethan's face. So that's why she's like, hmm beautiful dream yes uh until like it kind of it finally clears and she sees that it's julian at which point she screams over and over again so uh clearly she was not interested in julian which and also how scary like who would expect that so she is freaked out and at this point at this moment exactly ethan is on the phone with gwen talking about whatever and then he hears screaming and he thinks it's teresa so he hangs up, obviously, and goes to her room. And there he finds his father dressed like a pirate. Um, and he's very confused and disturbed. So it's, you know, it's a very odd situation. But I was like, thank God it did not proceed further. So I let out a big sigh of relief at this point because I didn't want anything to go on between Julian and Teresa. And even the kissing on the arm was more than enough for me. I was like, please stop. I don't like this. I want to get off this ride. So it was ridiculous, but they figure it out like, okay, what were you doing here, father? I was here looking, you know, to meet another woman. I didn't realize that Teresa was here. Uh, what are you guys doing here? Okay, we're checking out the, you know, stuff for research purposes. Fine. Um, and then Julian leaves. However, in a really creepy, disturbing twist, after he receives the key for the correct room, he decides to, I think, unless I'm reading this wrong, he decides to go back to Teresa's room because Ethan isn't having sex with her, so he will. And I was like, no. I hope I didn't hear that right. Um, the episode ends, you know, we don't see any more about that, but I was hope, I'm hoping to God that is not what is happening uh, because, like, that I clearly misheard it or something, misunderstood it, uh, because why would you think to do that? Because Teresa clearly has no interest in you, Julian. She started screaming when she saw you in bed with her. That is disturbing and scary, and I hope that's not what's going to happen. And I really don't like it. But, I mean, who knows, right? This show does everything. A lot of creepy and weird things. So I don't know what's going to happen. I hope for the best for Teresa that maybe maybe Ethan will save her again uh, would be my hope. I don't think she would want anything to do with him. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'm, I'm a bit worried. Either way, it was a pretty good series of episodes, even though a lot 
didn't happen, but some things did happen that were interesting to see happen. You know, Chad is nearly dead right now. I didn't expect that. I feel bad. I think that Chad, I feel like in my heart that Chad is going to be a long-term character, so hopefully he doesn't die here or something. But I guess we'll find out as time goes on. And I want to know at what point maybe Eve is going to realize that, because I'm pretty sure he is her son, because she always says things like she said again when she talked about her dead child, she said that the doctor told me he was dead. She doesn't say that I saw my, you know, poor dead infant. So for whatever reason, like maybe the cranes had something to do with it. Maybe the cranes were like, I know that's my child. I'm going to get rid of it, you know, throw it away to Los Angeles. I don't know. But, uh, not Ethan, uh, Julian doesn't seem to realize he has children. Whenever the, ch- the thought comes up, he's like, no, I don't want any bastards coming here and calling me daddy. So, uh, I don't know. Well, maybe, I mean, that wouldn't necessarily mean that. He would just, maybe he did know he had a child with Eve, and therefore he knew. That's why he took, you know, got rid of it by sending this child away to Los Angeles. And therefore he figures, you know, with no identifying information, that this child will never figure out the truth. I guess that could be it. Either way, it's interesting, and I want to know whenever that may be revealed the truth about Chad, whatever it is, even though I'm assuming, yes, it is the, the whole thing that the Eve and uh, Julian being a, their child. I want to know when that's going to happen, because I, if it's going to happen, I assume it will, because I want that release. I want that to be over. I want everyone to know. My goodness, because Eve is going to break if she keeps having to deal with all this insanity all this tragedy, all this drama, while also trying to manage being blackmailed. Like, she's already been coming apart at the seams earlier, like at the club. She's like, I'm just going to tell everyone. So, well, you know, is she really going to be fine now? Or is she going to tell everyone? I want her to just tell it. Just get out of the way, please. It's too hurtful to keep going on this way. But who knows? They're, you know, fictional characters. They're not necessarily logical. Uh, It is what it is. But yeah. So those were those episodes of Passions, and I'll be back soon to chat about more of them because I'm going to keep watching this damn show. Thanks.